Welcome to an explanation of the faith as it accompanies Luther's small catechism. The fifth commandment, you shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. God created us to care about other people and to help them in their times of need. What are the needs of people in my immediate community and society? Read Luke 10, 25-37. How did the Samaritan view his relationship to the beaten man differently than the priest or the Levite did? As Christians, we look after our neighbors so that they may enjoy the life God has given to them. What opportunities does God give me to help my neighbor? Question 59. Who is our neighbor? From the moment of conception, every person whom God has created is our neighbor and especially anyone in need of our help and assistance. Question 60. How do we fear and love God in keeping the fifth commandment? First, we fear and love God by not harming our neighbor. Harming our neighbor includes a. Murder, taking the life of another person without just cause. Psalm 10.8. The wicked man sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places he murders the innocent. Read about Cain and Abel in Genesis 4.8 and David and Uriah in 2 Samuel 11.15. b. Doing or saying anything that injures or endangers another person's life. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. Ephesians 4.31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Read about Joseph's brothers in Genesis 37 and the physical oppression of the Israelites by the Egyptians in Exodus 1 and 5. Note, the Bible does not prohibit self-defense or defense of our neighbor when faced with bodily harm or death. C. Neglecting to assist people in bodily need. Deuteronomy 15.11 For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in your land. Matthew 25.42-43 For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. D. Harboring anger or hatred in our hearts against our neighbor. Matthew 5.22 But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Romans 12.19 Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. 1 John 4, 19-21 We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Second, we fear and love God by looking after the physical well-being of our neighbor. We do this by a. Coming to the aid of our neighbor, Romans 12.20, 20, 
If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Read about how Abraham rescues Lot in Genesis 14, 12-16, how David protects Saul in 1 Samuel 26, 1-12, and the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, 33-35. B. Speaking in a way that helps and defends our neighbor. Proverbs 31, 8, 9. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Read about Joseph forgiving his brother in Genesis 45, 1-16. C. Treating our neighbor with kindness and compassion. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.12-14 Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Read about Jesus' obedience to this commandment by his compassion on the hungry, Matthew 15.32, and his mercy to ten lepers, Luke 17.11-19. Colossians 3.12-14 shows how love is the bond of harmony. Question 61. What do we need to remember about our neighbor when dealing with issues in society? We need to remember these things. A. God creates, preserves, and protects all life. He is caring and compassionate toward all he has made, and he calls us to be so also. B. God gives special dignity or worth and protection to every human life, from conception, that is, fertilization, onward. God created humanity in his own image. God's Son became man and shared our human nature. God has redeemed every human life by the holy, precious blood of Christ. Therefore, every human life is precious to God and to Christians. Genesis 9, 5, and 6 And for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning, From every beast I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Matthew 22.39 You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 10.45 For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 You were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Read Exodus 22, 26 and 27, and Matthew 5, verses 42 to 45, for examples of God's care and commitment to our neighbor's well-being. Question 62 How does this commandment apply to some specific issues today? A. It forbids aborting the life of an unborn child, also called elective abortion. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Psalm 139, verse 16 Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, 
every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Read Luke 1, verses 41 to 44, where the unborn baby John leaped for joy, acknowledging the unborn Jesus as Lord. Note, human life is God's gift. The living but unborn are persons in the sight of God from the moment of fertilization, conception. Therefore, every human life is precious to him and is also to be precious to us. Any destruction of embryos through the use of abortificent drugs or in connection with procedures such as in vitro fertilization is also, therefore, contrary to God's will. In some rare and exceptional cases, a medical procedure that is actually necessary to save a mother's life may tragically and unintentionally result in the death of her unborn child. B. It forbids killing oneself, suicide, seeking help in killing oneself, assisting a person in taking his or her own life, assisted suicide, or killing a person who asked to die or whose life is deemed as too burdensome, euthanasia. Psalm 31 verses 14 and 15. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Note, when someone is near death, certain treatments may only prolong suffering and not enable either recovery or physical well-being. In such cases, it is important to note that allowing death to occur when someone is irreversibly dying is different from causing death, which is forbidden by God. C. It forbids acting violently or abusively toward a child or spouse, child abuse or domestic abuse. Colossians 3 verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Colossians 3 verse 21. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. D. It forbids engaging in reckless and self-destructive behaviors. For example, substance abuse. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. E. It forbids hating, despising, or slandering other groups of people, prejudice, racism, and so forth. Acts 17, verse 26. God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. James 2.1 My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.15 Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Revelations 5.9 and they sang a new song, saying, You were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Question 63. If someone is thinking about having an abortion, what should I do? What if someone already had an abortion? Facing an unplanned pregnancy is very difficult. The mother is sometimes urged or pressured to abort her unborn child for various reasons but none of these reasons can change the value of the life of the child already in her womb. A. If you or someone you know is pregnant and considering an abortion, ask God to help you think about this in the light of his word and the gift of life he has given in this unborn child. Ask him for wisdom and strength to do his will. 
Taking the child's life is not only wrong, but will also add an even greater burden of guilt and grief. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. B. Do not face this alone, but seek the help of compassionate Christians. Pray for courage to talk with your parents and ask for their support and assistance in the pregnancy and childbirth. Talk with your pastor, who will listen in complete confidentiality and speak Christ's word of forgiveness for you. He can also offer additional resources, such as pregnancy help centers, where medical and counseling services are provided. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. See, if you or someone you know has already had an abortion, do not let the world's ideas minimize the sin or allow guilt to make it seem unforgivable. Abortion, like all sin, is to be confessed to God so that we hear and trust his forgiveness for Christ's sake. Pastors will help by listening compassionately as we confess this, or any other sin, and will absolve us, declaring to us that Christ died for us and rose again to forgive all our sins. Christian counseling is available to deal with ongoing burdens of pain, loss, and guilt. Psalm 103, verses 10-12 to 12. God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. 1 John 1, 7 to 2, 2. The blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Question 64. Does anyone have authority to take another person's life? Government, acting justly as God's servant, may at times need to take life in order to protect the lives of others. For example, just wars or capital punishment. Romans 13.4. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Note, Christians may in good conscience disagree about whether a particular war is just. They may also conscientiously disagree about whether capital punishment is always warranted or whether it is being administered in a just manner. Psalm 10, Short Prayer 
Lord God, by your law, you guard and defend every human life from violence and destruction. Give us wisdom never to hurt or harm our neighbors in their bodily life, and give us hearts of mercy to help and support them in every physical need. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Explanation of Our Christian Faith as found in Luther's Small Catechism, brought to you by St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. This podcast is from Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation, copyright 1986-2017, copyright 1986 Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission, all rights reserved. Purchase a print copy of Luther's Small Catechism with Explanation. Please contact CPH at 800-325-3040 or visit them at cph.org.